Hello, I'm Drew Wilmisher, and welcome to another conversation around faith and the creative life on the Wilmisher Music Podcast. W-I-L-M-E-S-H-E-R-R That's how you spell this awesome name and you say it, Wilmisher. W-I-L-M-E-S-H-E-R-R I'll sing some songs if you sing along while I play this here guitar. W-I-L-M-E-S-H-E-R-R That's how you spell this awesome name and you say it, Wilmisher. This week, I'm joined by Sammy and Michelle from Digivangelism, a multimedia coaching group that helps progressive leaders of spiritual communities reach people online with hope, healing, and light. They teach it all from website layouts to social media tactics that help make the algorithm work for you so you can tell your story clearly and engage with people in meaningful and significant ways online. I came across their work on TikTok and I enjoyed Sammy's videos so much. They made me laugh so hard. I had to reach out to see if Digivangelism would like to talk and I'm so glad they did. You can find them online at digivangelism.org. That's D-I-G-I-V-A-N-G-E-L-I-S-M dot O-R-G. And you can follow their channels on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Twitter at Digivangelism. You can also find these links in today's show notes in your podcast app. In Wilmshire news, I'm getting excited about the Oakhurst Porch Fest coming up on Saturday, October 8th. The event starts at 12 noon and goes until 7 p.m. and there are over 200 artists playing this festival. I mean, there's bound to be someone you like playing there. Last year, my family and I found our latest favorite band called the B. Arthurs. They were just a really great rock group of dudes dressed in dresses and gray wigs, and they were so much fun. Although they never played the Golden Girls theme song, they never made any reference to B. Arthur except for the way they were dressed, but the music was fantastic and they were a lot of fun. They played in the front yard of what looked like a small version of a castle, and then afterwards uh, our family got tacos, we heard a bluegrass band, and we ended our day with a Scottish-style punk band. I mean, there's so much music here. You can find out more about the festival and see who else is playing at oakhurstporchfest.org. That's O-A-K-H-U-R-S-T-P-O-R-C-H-F-E-S-T dot O-R-G. And you can find more information about where I'll be playing at wilmisher.com. Which reminds me. March 6th to March 19th of next year, 2023, I'm planning a two-week sprint of shows that I'm dubbing the John Knox Rocks Tour. The catch is that I'm playing these two weeks only at Presbyterian churches, only at PCUSA church locations. You see, John Knox was this Scottish Reformed theologian back in the 1500s, think like Martin Luther time, uh, and he was always cited as this ancestor of the Presbyterian Church in the U.S. because he helped found the Scottish Presbyterian Church. So this is just kind of a fun little joke that I'm all too happy to deflate by explaining it. (laughs) But right now, I'm still looking for churches to play at. So if you or anyone you know would like to host a night of music with Wilmisher, please let me know. You can contact me at Drew at wilmisher.com. That's my email. 
Also, be on the lookout for new music in the next few weeks. Be sure to follow me on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, or wherever you get your music to make sure that you never miss a release. Now, on to my conversation with Digivangelism. Sammy and Michelle, thank you for joining me uh, on the Wilmisher Music Podcast. It is so great to meet face-to-face. Fantastic to be here, Drew. Thank you. So, so if you would, uh, introduce yourselves for just a little bit and uh, tell folks what y'all do. Y'all are coming in from uh, Digivangelism, uh, which is, I love mushing up words together and making new ones, and this is probably one of my favorite Um so explain to people, what is, what are, who are you and what is Digivangelism? Sure. Well, sometimes people find it easier to say Digi. So if you go down that route, that's totally fine too. Uh, we started Digi, Digivangelism, I don't know, five years ago. We should probably figure that out, Michelle. Uh, <laughs> because it didn't really have like a starting point. It was, it was more uh, us uh, working in a church. I was on staff. Michelle was a very involved volunteer, uh, doing pretty much everything that she could be staff. Uh, and, and we just saw this need, this need where church leaders, our volunteers in our community, and even pastors locally did not know how to use at the time. Facebook was like the big thing for us to just try to help people connect, um, in different ways and get the word out about things that they were doing. And, and so we, as technical people, I'm, uh, well, you, you might not be able to see me depending on how this goes out. I'm a millennial. Um, I, you know, have relationships with people online, like friends that I've made online. Like the internet is just kind of second nature to me. And so um, that was really important for us to try to bring that piece of community and, and the faith community that we were so involved with together. Um, I'm also a video editor. I went to seminary. I majored in fitness studies. I've got like all these different interests. Uh, so <laughs> I am a smorgasbord of things. I'm an Enneagram seven. So that all makes sense. And I'm happy to be here. Michelle, throwing it to you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I clearly am not a millennial. And I think uh, Sam and I balance each other out in that way. I've been, um, I've been in the computer industry my entire career, and uh, I'll date myself by telling you I went to college, and when I took a computer science class, I used punch cards, so that's how old I am. Um, but all that, all that experience and, and background kind of brought me into this into the faith world, into, into the internet, and knowing that there's a better way to get our, that message out there, that you know, by great commission, and um, our church that we met at was was not real great at that. So we wanted to kind of improve that for them and for a lot of other churches who, who needed a voice out there on this great internet where so many things are possible. That's awesome. I love that um, y'all uh, have come together on this uh, from you know slightly different backgrounds. But uh, Sammy, I just I want to commiserate as well with the very many interests. You know, I studied recording industry management in college and then went to seminary, and there's surprisingly little overlap there. Um, <laughs> But I have also worked in churches professionally and currently am engaged in uh, campus ministry. So, um, you know, it's it's nice to be with folks who are doing something ministry adjacent and also have ministry experience. Um, so 
<laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's, uh, yep. There's, there's a different way of doing things than the traditional uh, route. And we're excited always to connect with people that are kind of figuring out what that looks like in various ways. I can't help but picture in my head, like, you know, 1500 uh, folks are still copying the Bible by hand. And then someone's like, hey, have you heard about this thing, block type printing? And they're like, hey, you youth and your technology, you know, like uh, <laughs> you can print 100 pages a day. What? That's impossible. Um, you know, there's, there's always something um, to kind of help spur things along. And, and these are always it's always a tool, you know, it's always an interesting tool that sort of speeds things up and, and makes things more efficient. Um, and uh, I love the the guidance that y'all have provided. Uh, I signed up for your email list. Um, and so if you're listening and are in ministry and want to know how to use this stuff like TikTok, um, you can sign up on their what what is your website again? Digivangelism.org digivangelism.org d-i-g-i-v-a-n-g-e-l-i-s-m dot org and if you sign up for their email list you get really uh, y'all's newsletter is fantastic but i especially love sort of the handbook that y'all have for how to because i think that's the most confusing aspect to most social media right is like here are a bunch of tools click around and find out, you know, but everyone's so afraid of like, what if I publish something permanently? And you're like, none of it, you know, this is actually the least permanent thing that you can do. Um, you can take this stuff down. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> but simple little helpful hints, like don't treat your social media account solely like your announcement board, you know, let people know who you are, not just what you're doing. Um, so what has been like, like what have been some of the the learning curves on on some of this when you've been putting stuff together like what's something you did or suggested early on they're like oh, yeah we'll never do that again <laughs> okay well see i'm i'm going into like more of the demographic direction because i think at first we um just kind of assumed that if we were putting out like content that resonated with us, we would connect with the type of people like you that we want to resonate with, uh, that, you know, uh, we're on similar fields. We're in similar theology camps, that sort of thing. But, uh, when, when you just put out there that you're, you know, doing church communications and you're like, oh, we're helping people share the love of Jesus. Uh, if, if you're not intentional about it, you're going to be in, you know, with a lot of evangelical folks that might not have the same kind of theology as you. And so like, we probably went for a good year pretty hard um, putting just content out there, connecting with folks before we got, realized that this was not maybe the best way to do what we wanted to do. And so we um, were really intentional about creating a mission statement that we felt would connect with the people we most wanted to connect with. The progressive, I mean, progressive leaders of spiritual communities is uh, our like our target folks, like, uh, those are people we want to reach. We want to help them reach people with hope, healing, and light. And so we like spent a lot of time really discussing what is our goal here. Um, we're not necessarily focused specifically on church, like pastors. Um, we 
what does that, how do we say that? <laughs> and I think as soon as we did that and we put the word progressive in there, which, you know, some people have different feelings about and can be a buzzword, but we felt like it really communicated what we wanted to. Well, um, we noticed a shift where, you know, we're getting calls to be on podcasts that are, you know, United Methodist related or, or uh, just in mainline denominations rather than any which way uh, non-denominational. So I don't know if that's where you were really hoping to go with that question, but that that's something huge for us just to to really connect with the people that we most want to connect with. And so every time I get an invite, like, like this invite for this podcast, I'm like, yes, like <laughs> we're, we're being clear. So that's important. Definitely. I have also run into that situation as well, where I am, you know, Jesus focused. Uh, I'm, I'm Trinitarian, uh, but I'm also progressive, you know, like, and then our context here in America, like that, the church is a very big umbrella with Absolutely. a lot of opinions. Um, and the most vocal uh, don't always tend to line up um yeah uh, but it, it is it's a it's a problem of trying to be within that that big umbrella uh and reaching out to and uh gaining an audience that you maybe don't relate to personally and and that that becomes a conflict um i think at some point you know the either the integrity or the authenticity starts to to break down and so then you don't want to wind up in a situation where someone feels betrayed where they go i've been following you for years i had no idea you were you believed this um and so then their you know feelings get hurt uh fights break out some uh, you know a mediator's called in uh, an agreement is made, you know, um, men's are, are, are made and broken, but (laughs) that's a very dramatic way to say, um, you know, you want to know who your audience is. And I think that's a lot of, uh, not just marketing, but storytelling as well. Um, someone put it to me recently that good marketing is just good storytelling. Uh, so I'm curious, like what, what would you say is the, the over the big story, you know, the, the starting point, the, the, the prologue, <laughs> if you would, for people getting into digivangelism, uh, that you're like, this is, you know, who we are, this is the why of who we are. And and feel free to get specific, you know, in, in your theology. I'm a progressive. Uh, I don't hide that. <laughs> I, but I love talking to everybody. Um, it's I feel like in my context as being the guy that I am, you know, that with all of the identities I inhabit, sort of my superpowers, uh, there's not a lot of stuff that affects me personally. So I can engage um, on behalf of others. And if others can't, that's okay too. Like, I don't want to make people feel uncomfortable or unsafe. Um, but there are a few places that I am not unsafe. So uh, I, I like to go into a bunch of different camps, but my personal theology is very, uh, it's, it's left leaning. Um, so I, I don't, <laughs> I'm rambling at this point, but go ahead. Uh, what is the the story that Digivangelism wants to tell? Um, I'm probably going to let Michelle go into this a little, but I want to preference it, preface it that this is something that we talk about at the beginning of every meeting that we have, um, which we got from a book that we read, uh, something Death by Meetings, Patrick Lencioni, I think, um, where he kind of suggests talking about like the drama of the meeting, but we, we like the drama of why you're here, why you exist. And so um, at the start of every meeting, you know, whether it takes 
10 15 seconds to just go through it or whether we're like really feeling it and like yeah this is why we're doing this um we we connect on that i only say that because i think it's it could be really helpful for um, faith communities too but okay michelle i'm talking a lot <laughs> um yeah that's that's a that's a great point i i love opening our meetings like that um really highlighting that drama that pain point why we exist what we're trying to do how you know how our gifts can help um other folks and communities spread that spread their hope healing and light and when we when we engage with the community we really want want to stress to them and and let them know that before you even start thinking about social media and websites and your your digital communication and your digital ministry make sure you know who you are make sure your identity is clear and because you don't want to you know, misrepresent yourself or you know, open yourself up to open people up to being being hurt down the line. So we we encourage people to really be clear about their identity. That's step one to us. And then once that is established, and then we we engage with people and can look at all of their you know uh, platforms, website, and kind of make sure we all we, we make sure that we send them down a path to make everything consistent and clear. And that they're getting out their message consistently and regularly on the platforms they need to be on. Not sure if that answers your question. Michelle, can you do the drama? Like we're in a meeting. Like, what is oh our God. drama? <laughs> What's the drama? You do, we do it all the time. We got this. <laughs> Progressive spiritual leaders, they are so overwhelmed and they are so ill-equipped in this digital world but we at digital evangelism we got skills we got the mad skills to help them out and we're going to help them spread their message of hope healing and light by offering our courses and our training hub and our digital communication reviews sold i'm in all right where do i sign up <laughs> <laughs> i love that i love uh practicing that um regularly uh, because that, I feel like that develops a really good muscle and makes it easy to for someone to, for Sammy to go, hey, Michelle, do it real fast. And then kaboom, there you go. Did um, you see how she channeled? She channeled the dramatic moment. Like posture <laughs> changed. You <laughs> yes. like a superhero it's, it's moment. Always, it's always, yeah, it's always yeah. like a superhero moment. You yeah. were Jane Foster in the Thor outfit <laughs> holding the hammer above your head. I just watched that movie the other day, so it's very fresh on my brain. That's awesome. I love uh, I, I love the clarity of identity uh, is so key. And it feels like I don't know if y'all have experienced this, but I feel like in some churches it's hard to clarify your identity for fear of feeling like you're leaving someone out. You know, you want to go to and that. I mean, for lack of a better phrase, like you want to go to lowest common denominator to reach as many people as possible, which I think is kind of the shadow side of the I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me or like you. I mean, but should you do all things, you know, like you don't have to do all things. I had a campus minister in college who liked to describe it, the difference between the Chick-fil-A menu and the Arby's menu. It's like Arby's will do everything and they do everything a little OK. 
they probably should have stopped at roast beef, but they go they went ahead and threw in an Italian chicken sandwich and then a gyro and then a Reuben. You're like, this is too much. You know, this deep fried sushi meatballs. This is what is this? <laughs> Who are you? And then Chick-fil-A is like, what do you do? Chicken? Anything else? Nope. That's our it's actually our marketing campaign is cows going, don't eat anywhere but Chick-fil-A. Cause you'll never find a burger, sure. um, you know, like they know exactly who they are. And so they, they push only that. Um, what is a, a, something you've seen uh, in you, one of the things I've noticed is in that effort for lowest common denominator, like the message just kind of gets meh, diffused, <laughs> you know, like it, it's a soft light, it's a gentle thing. It's, but it's ill-defined. Um, so what, what's an example of something you've seen? You don't have to like say names or anything, but something you've seen that you're like, all right, we would absolutely tighten it up like this, you know, because who you are in reality does not look like the, the slogan you're pushing. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's a lot of what you're saying as far as sometimes like focus and just like quantity of information that they're putting out there. Um, because the church example of that would be like, here are all of our amazing ministry. Like we do so much stuff and, and we don't maybe really know who we are, but we really like the Bible and service and kids and like just everything. And that's, I mean, that's great, but how are you any different than any other church? Uh, and, and they might have like this awesome, unique ministry that like 70% of their resources are like pouring into half the time, but they forget to mention it because they also want to highlight all this other stuff. I mean, I think you still communicate the other stuff. Um, I'm not the website person here. That's, that's the other person on this call, but <laughs> you still communicate this stuff, but, but what's that like that, or what are those unique um, traits to your community that, um, really set you apart and, and kind of are like the Chick-fil-A chicken thing, whether or not they want to be compared to Chick-fil-A. I don't know, but <laughs> Chick-fil-A. Oh. Okay. Um, that's just, that's an interesting dichotomy though, right? Because you, as a church, you want to spread that love, spread that message to everybody, but it can't be all things to all people. And we try to get people to, to realize, well, they, they have a, a certain demographic. You know, who are the people following you now? Are they Facebook people, that age group? Are they younger people, that age group? So you have to kind of play off of those strengths and look at where you are now um, and where you where you want to be, obviously, but is, is where you want to be actually, is it realistic? If you're in a city, do you, you know, do you really want to be reaching out to people in suburbs? And obviously digitally that, you know, kind of levels the playing field because you have worldwide access. Um, but, but it is... It is, a, it is a tricky, slippery slope to, to travel that, you know, you, you do have a, a demographic and a target market, as it were. Yeah, I'm thinking of that one website we were just talking about recently, Michelle. Um, no one that is even connected to us, but someone was pointing it out to us. And they, like, had this really um, impactful service ministry that, like... It was like their big thing, and but you couldn't even tell from their website because it was just, yeah. you know, here are all these other things and that we want to say and um, a lot of text and just like disorganized. It's like, I'm, I'm lost in what's happening here because there's so much going on. I don't even get to know about this really cool ministry that you're pouring your heart and soul into and you really want people to know about. You just, you know, you haven't been trained on how to share that on a website, which is, you know, where people like us or other folks that can help out with this sort of thing come in and 
solidify that down because you can put all your effort in the world into something, but if you're not communicating it clearly, no one's going to know about it. So I am in the uh, PCUSA uh, denomination, Presbyterian Church USA, and one of our big things um, that, you know, I don't know if it's unique to us, but I do know that it's important to us is our book of confessions. And we've had confessions, uh, you know, from from the 1500s on. Um, and one of the things I, I love about them and also hate about them <laughs> is they uh, they answer every question. Uh, you know, and I think a, a confession should, you know, like, that's what I love about it. Um, what I don't like about it is how we try to use that constantly. And I'm like, okay, so this is not a format for communication as much as it is a really great reference. You know, like the, I think of the, about the Heidelberg Catechism, you know, it's, I like that it's set up into questions. If you want to find a, a topic, you go in and you, you find the question related to that. And maybe there are a few. Um, but then I look at something like the, the Belhar confession from the early nineties that was drafted in South Africa in response to apartheid. It addresses that as well as a host of other social sins. And, uh, and it's great. It, it's a great way to say, these are a bunch of things we believe. But then we also in the Presbyterian church sort of use that as our model for communication. So when we talk about ourselves, we're like, here's everything we are. And you're like, you just spent 15 minutes telling me your name. Um, <laughs> I just, I just needed to know where the bathroom was. <laughs> That's that's it. Uh, but I appreciate it. Think I'm glad you're committed to all these things. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, and that comes across digitally. I mean, we see that. Like, we people don't need to know your whole church history. They don't need to know everything about your denomination right on the website. You can tell them at some point or point them to the PCOSA website, and they'll get it. But <laughs> it doesn't need to all be there. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You were, you were, you were on a roll. <laughs> no, I mean, I, exactly. I, I, it's one of those things I've tried very hard to convince, uh, church communicators in particular, you know, communications experts who are the folks who get hired, uh, whether they're experts or not, um, about how to utilize the space efficiently, you know, how to, how to really go like full, you know, Mark Twain writing a news article, Ernest Hemingway, anything he wrote, you know, it's like short, choppy, like it's okay. <laughs> Your banner out front doesn't need to give me the entire week schedule uh, or the month, which I've also seen. Um, like no one can read that if they're driving by. Um, but, you know, these are all the things like I, I think it comes from an anxiety within church. And this is where the pastoral care part kicks in for me because I'm like, okay, what is it that you care about? Like why why is it important that all this this stuff uh, comes out? You know, so, so I'm curious in um, your work with congregations and and faith communities trying to communicate, like, is there an aspect of, you know, almost pastoral counseling that goes along with it that goes, it's going to be okay. <laughs> you're, you're going to be fine. Take a deep breath and let's go ahead and start trimming the fat off of some of this. <laughs> I think that for me, I don't know. I don't do the trimming the fat of the website stuff as much as okay. Michelle does, but I, um, for me, it's like the fear of like getting started with certain things that are new so like I'll talk with people about whether it's TikTok or just social media in general. And there's like this, this anxiety of like, how do, how could I possibly, uh, so they've done more recording maybe the past two years, 
um, or three years with, with COVID and everything, but there's still anxiety. Maybe you showed up, but your showing up was like, there was a camera pointing at you during worship while you were doing exactly what you would do normally, whether or not there were people in the sanctuary. But now we're saying, Hey, why don't, why don't you like actually take some videos of yourself? Like, and talk, you know, even if it's two minutes and you're just like, here's my thought of the day. Um, uh, we, I mean, that's certainly super important. And if you want to move into short form video, like TikTok and Instagram reels and shorts and all of that, like that's another level then is, is the anxiety of getting on this platform that is like, what is this? Um, and, and just telling people it, it's okay. You're not going to get it right. There's no getting it right. There's just trying and trying and continuing to gain experience um, as as you do. Now, maybe where your question about like trimming the fat could play in with that is one of the biggest problems I see with churches, social media, probably still, is just like using it uh, to communicate what's going on and like come to our event and like yeah, I'm on TikTok, but really all I'm doing on TikTok is showing you this Canva image of like, there is an event coming up on Saturday. Like we hope you will come. Uh, and, and it's like, you're not actually doing what you think you're doing. I know that you're like trying to get people to come to this event by using TikTok. And you think that's a great use of it, but actually you're totally leveling yourself down in that, in the algorithm. Uh, and if I'm a user and I come across that, I'm just like, I don't want to see this. Like this isn't, so I'm not going to be interested in following. I'm not going to, I'm not going to want to go to your event just because I saw your picture um, on TikTok. Like it, it, unless I really like was interested in the event. I don't know if you got that RB sushi we we're talking about earlier, maybe that would be something that would draw me and be like, what is this? But- Morbid curiosity. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, that maybe, and that might be something we see popping up now that I've said it, uh, is whatever influence I have, uh, social (laughs) sushi meatballs, if you will. Oh yes. (laughs) At the next, at the next potluck. Uh, (laughs) Um, no, I absolutely agree. I have seen so many Canva images, you know, like I spent hours, I've spent hours on Canva and it took me forever to figure out like, people don't really care <laughs> as much, you know, and there's nothing bad. Like I, I was, we still like suggest Canva for folks, but you know, know what you're, know what platform you're using. If you're making a TikTok, that's not, that's not what you want to do. I was just at the CD baby DIY musician conference. Talk about a mouthful um, in Austin a few weeks ago. And they did several breakouts on like social media, social media algorithm uh, tactics, like how to move up, you know, things that folks have had success with. And, And, and it's all like the most aggravating parts of TikTok. You're like, ugh, I don't want to be that, but it actually, it helps move you up. You know, like when the video cuts off, like before you get to the climax at the end, you know, or something like that, you know, or it cuts off in the middle of a phrase, uh, especially musically, if you're playing a song and it cuts off before you get to the end of the chorus, like, then it loops back around. <laughs> or, you know, uh, you're telling a story about the video instead of just making a video of what's like i saw a video of uh, an acapella group at a monastery and they were in um sort of the catacomb section of this monastery they were singing and this they did a rotational video all the way around and it told this long story um but none of the words on the screen stayed up long enough to actually finish you know the whole paragraph <laughs> so you had to watch it a couple times to get and then you're like oh and now i'm racking up views and um you know i feel like there are things that are good 
you know, to try. Uh, but that are, you know, you just don't want to initially because you think, oh, I'm going to be the outlier here. And you're like, no, you're going to be ignored here. <laughs> yep. Use it right. Uh, platforms want their new uh, features to be used. So as weird as they may be when they come out, use them and, and don't try to, you know, just make it work with some like the Canva image, the, the things you've always done, um, use what they've given you. Right. Yeah. The things you've always done as in, in the website world that translates to putting every possible document you've ever published onto the website because you think the world needs to know about those. Um, no, um, we did a blog a while ago and a video, um, what gets pruned and what gets polished on, on the, about the website and went through the list of what you don't need on there and please don't put it on there and what's uh, nice to have, but what's, what does, what gets polished? What is the absolute necessity that needs to be on there? So that's our, our version of uh, helping folks trim the fat and, and, and scale away the, the noise that, that could be distracting people from their, their real message. about things that have could be said once you know that if you feel like it's important to say but it does not need to be constantly up you know when you're doing things like email campaigns you know someone signs up for your email list and then you can do like an introductory set of emails that goes out you know a couple times a week for a, a short amount of time that's like by the way thank you for signing up for our emails here's a little bit about us if you want to know more um and then they have you know folks have access to that information but they don't have to see it every time they go onto the website um I, and this is <laughs> i mean this i could go on for for days about this uh but one of the things that i was really curious about um one of the things that I was thinking about in terms of marketing as well as progressive theology, uh, you know, a liberal social stance, um, that there is a strong connection between a progressive congregation and social activism. Um, and I don't, I'm curious how y'all feel about some of the things that come out of activist movements, because I've, I've heard it said before, and I tend to agree that activists are not marketers. Um, that the, the slogans that tend to come out that, you know, or become a rallying point um, don't communicate the intention behind it so great. And uh, one thing that comes to mind, you know, the very controversial, like, defund the police slogan. It's like, that is a great rallying cry. It also doesn't really communicate the intention. And then you wind up with meme after meme explaining, well, this is what it actually means. Instead of a police officer carrying everything, everyone carries a little bit of stuff. And then the police officer can go do other things. Um, and so I'm curious, uh, have, have you all come into contact with any of that? Not just identify, you know, portraying the identity of a congregation, but trying to help them say, like, when you are talking about things that you believe strongly about, here's another, do you all ever work with ways of like, how do you communicate that in a different way that makes it more accessible? I think in some ways, um, you know, especially when we're trying to help communities uh, make it clear that LGBTQ plus folks are welcome or like they're open to all gender identity, sexuality, like the things that some people might think are communicating that message uh, are, could be doing either the opposite or just not quite 
is just not good enough. You're not being explicit enough. Um, like the, I mean, the all are welcome is like the big thing people will often reference as saying like, Oh, I said all are welcome. Everybody's welcome. That's very clear. It's like, no, like for those people that uh, traditionally have been marginalized and like, do not feel welcome. That does not mean anything <laughs> or it could mean the opposite. Um, how can you really uh, spell out um, not only that LGBTQ plus folks are welcome, but um, affirmed, celebrated, all of these things in your community. Interesting. We haven't done a lot of work to answer your question um, as far as like activism um, uh, or helping communities that are doing more activist efforts. But when you said defund the police and how like that doesn't communicate what it's meant to or what the intention is, which I agree with, um, but it does get people talking, which is interesting, right? So it's like, okay, so maybe it's maybe it's working because it is stirring, stirring something up. And, and that is something, you know, for communities to play with on social media too, or, or spiritual leaders even to play with. And, and not that you you want to do that, like intentionally causing conflict or like intentionally taking things too far or whatever, but like stop the scroll is a big thing online, right? What, what is going to get people to actually stop scrolling? Cause that's just like, so habitual now to just be like, okay, right past this to the next thing. So what kind of communication is going to get people's attention? Those are two different things. So I wouldn't like make your website trying to throw people off or get their attention, but. Um. Right. If they're on your <laughs> website, they're already there. Right. <laughs> exactly. You don't, you don't have to stop them scrolling. <laughs> right. They have stopped. <laughs> and interestingly, um, what you said, I what you said, Sammy, about ha having that kind of a controversial um, memes and, and phrases, we get a lot of questions about how what to do with negative comments. And those two are very like different to me. So do you want to be controversial and stir that pot? Maybe you do, but then you have to deal with the negative comments. So I'm, I'm kind of always amazed how how that question comes up when we do webinars. What do you do with negative comments? I mean, there's the the negative, the, the really trolly, the really ignorant kind of stuff, you know, you leave those alone. But then is that is the negative, the other kind of negative comments maybe an opening to a conversation? I often wonder. And maybe those sorts of, you know, pot stirring memes and topics um, could be um, planting a seed and opening a, a conversation. That's just me rambling on, I guess. No, that's excellent because that that does. Uh, I mean, you're kind of getting to the point of the the controversial element. What is it accomplishing? You know, is it creating buzz for the sake of buzz? You know, like, am I near a neon sign that's drawing me in, or am I near a beehive that's about to sting me to death? Um, you know, what is that buzz doing, and where is it coming from? Um, there's a, a family in our church. I, God bless them. I love our church because it is so mixed. You know, it is a broad spectrum of social and political opinions, but they all keep coming back together. Like, nobody leaves yet. <laughs> like, there's not been any major fallout. Um, and there's a family in particular that engages very actively um, but they also, I mean, they do it with sort of the same tactic I've seen of some, you know, uh, they're aggressive without being mean, I don't think. Um, 
but you know they'll post things like refund the police and i'm like well that almost works but it's also already a word <laughs> um and and so they'll say things like that but they are they're engaging and i do think it comes from uh, a place of um you know, trying to keep conversation going and keep conversation alive, which I do appreciate is that it's not just picking fights, but it's trying to to spur things, you know, a little bit more forward. Um, and that's the thing. I think I don't think you can go into much conversation online without an air of suspicion. <laughs> and so if you can drop that for yourself like this is you know for anyone who's scrolling online like if you can go online without being suspicious that you are about to have to defend something or attack something like you are going to have a much better experience online um <laughs> because like sammy pointed out a lot of these tactics are designed to increase engagement you know that these are ways to keep people on your screen a little bit longer so that the algorithm feeds you the next thing that they post um which I think is diff it's a difficult thing to try and accomplish while remaining, you know, feeling like you're maintaining your integrity, meaning like you're maintaining your authenticity. But the folks that do it, the 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 organizations I've seen, the artists I've seen uh, do it with integrity, like the people who tune in, the people who plug in and become a part of that community like they don't get surprised there are no surprises waiting for them They're like oh no you really are who you have always said you are um and i think that's i feel like that's the crux right yeah and 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 i like that because it's a good reminder that when you are engaging in maybe like tactics or or how you said you were at that conference and you know it maybe with some like cringy suggestions like make it your own. Like it doesn't have to be exactly like that. Um, or, um, just like for short form video, some people will get all weird about like different pop-ups or different captions that they're like, Oh, this is just like the typical, like whatever finance person, TikTok flashy in your face type of thing. Like it doesn't have to look like that, but what is good that you can take from that? Maybe captions just being involved in your videos is very important because it helps people read when they don't have the sound on. I am a big proponent of that. Um, maybe a, a pop-up here or there just kind of helps people keep their attention. And, and I've seen, I on my personal account, I really enjoy, um, probably because I'm into video editing, I get like photographers and videographers um, doing different things on TikTok. And they're so like artsy about it. And it's beautiful. Like you can make it what you want it to be. Um, and so don't be too intimidated when you see something that's like, oh, that's, that's that's not authentic to who I am. Okay, well, what can you take from it? Yeah, if uh, trendy dances aren't your thing, don't engage in t trendy dances. In exactly. Fact, please, please don't. I'm, I'm begging <laughs> you, don't. <laughs> this is not an Applebee's commercial. Okay, so we are at a point uh, in our our episode here in our in our show where uh, I'm I'm gonna start calling it. I think I'm gonna start calling it the round round. Um, oh boy! 
that's the uh, a reference to songwriters in the round. But um, these are just prompts. These are ideas uh, that I use when trying to come up with ideas uh, for songs or for TikTok videos or for YouTube. Um, so one of the things that I've been playing with recently uh, is this idea of like, how did you rebel as a kid? Like what it, what's something you, you did to rebel against your parents growing up? Hmm. Well, uh, I was raised Catholic, so I, I don't think I had any rebellion in me. So. Uh. Or at least nothing you can say here. Um, correct. <laughs> yes. If this is a public going out publicly, I, I plead the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I say that uh, I like to tell people that I used to, I had a curfew, but I was also the third kid. And so uh, the curfew was not enforced so much as it was just acknowledged. Uh, it was like, you came in late last night. Yes, I did. Stop yeah, that. Okay. That was not my experience as an only <laughs> child. So uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, honestly, it's funny. I think, like, I was a good kid. I liked to be good at school and I tried to be good at home. Like, but I can think of some things I got in trouble for. And, and my husband and I like to joke about it because they're like the stupidest things that like, uh, I thought like you could eat like leaves off a tree because like you eat salad. So why can't you eat leaves off a tree? Like stupid. And then you're like, then I got really in trouble because like they thought I was like <laughs> developing some weird habits. It's like, no, I'm just playing pretend outside with my friends. And I thought you could eat the leaf. Uh, there was another time we like broke the fence because we were like trying to look over it and um, look at our, our neighbor's dog or something. And then I just like pretend it didn't happen. Like they'll never notice that the fence is broken. Like, <laughs> so it's really stupid stuff that I just like thought was probably fine, but it wasn't apparently. <laughs> so it was accidental rebellion. Um, sure. It wasn't really rebellious. It wasn't even a rebellion. It was no. just accidents. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's a good story there. <laughs> Accident prone started early. <laughs> okay. Uh, on a, in another uh, vein of, of questioning, uh, I'm super curious. What do y'all think happens after we die? That is a huge question. I think about it like all the time. And then I watched The Good Place and that I don't want to like ruin it for everybody. But that the end of that show just makes you like it. It's mind blowing. I can't say anymore without breaking it. I will, um, I will say I've watched The Good Place. I hope I you know, I just I hope I hope that's what it is, at least a little bit. Not the first few seasons when they're. Yes. Anyway, yes. Yep. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. <laughs> I know what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that would be amazing. I, I, I hope that we are able to be connected with the people that we love and the animals that we love. And like, that's, I, I mean, I just think of all the beauty here on earth and I often am like, well, if there, I mean, there's a certainly a lot of pain and a lot of awful here on earth but if there can be like this much beauty here how much even better can it get and i am very much thinking on the positive side <laughs> sort of thing oh what about you michelle um something i've thought a lot about lately um my, my mother just recently passed away and, and i'm kind of often thinking 
where is she? How is she? Is she at peace? And I know in, in her last days, she was often calling out for her mom and her, her family. So I think there's this that connection, you know, when you're going, you, you're going to go to meet with your with your loved ones again. And I hope and pray that that's what happens because I would love to see her again and all my kitties that have gone on before me. Um, but yeah, there is, from what, from what I've read, from what I've from what I maybe hope and dream, there is just this absolute peace that is just like nothing on earth and all this that we've gone through on earth kind of that's the payoff to get us there and eternal peace that's kind of corny you know, you know. Not at all. Not, I mean, so much of our faith is founded on things like out of, uh, you know, the later chapters of John, where Jesus says, I'm sending you a holy counselor who and a peace that passes all understanding. Um, when I did chaplaincy in the hospital, I used to, to pray with patients for a peace, even when it doesn't make sense, you know, a peace that defies reality. Um you know, not as this sort of Pollyanna uh, head in the sand kind of everything's going to be okay, but like acknowledging, yeah, I'm, I'm at peace and I have no right to be. Like, it doesn't make sense. I should not be at peace and yet I am. Um, the, that miraculous type of peace. I, you know, I am hopeful that it is sort of a, a smooth transition, you know, sort of like a, a time jump you know, like I'm not aware of time passing, but like I just I wake up and we're all there. We're all in the, you know, the sweet by and by the apps, the ever after with uh, with all transcending security needs, transcending scarcity. And we are able to just enjoy each other's presence in the presence of God um, and to be in community, like true community, you know, without suspicion and without fear. Um without having to to fight over you know whatever is sustaining us because it's all just abundantly there um and and i, I do i mean there are folks that i miss that i'm looking forward to seeing again was there ever a time when you felt like you were trying on an inauthentic version of yourself like when i was in high school i spent six months wearing a cowboy hat we all have those things, I think. <laughs> um, I think, uh, I mean, it kind of goes with what I was saying about Digi needing to really solidify who we were. Um, some of that came from, I think, our own, I'll say my own deconstruction with faith. And, and so I think that process is really tricky when you are working in faith leadership, when you're, you know, uh, working like, I did CPE as well in seminary. And so, you know, you're in a hospital as the faith leader, but you're also like deconstructing every piece of your life, every piece of your faith. And like, so you're trying to care for people as you're, you're reevaluating everything. And so when you're, you don't, you never want to like say things that you don't really feel are true for you. And so I, I think that was definitely a huge journey for me. Um, in, in past years, not so much now, but, um, just like figuring out, okay, what am I okay with saying, doing like that really drives with where I'm at spiritually. Um, that was really important for me to, uh, be, uh, all unified on because <laughs> when something's out of whack, you feel it. 
So I think that's what comes to mind for me. Maybe I can think of a cowboy hat example too, but I'll, I'll pass for that for now. <laughs> it doesn't have to be a cowboy hat. In fact, I, you know, I always hope that it's not. Unless, unless you are a cattle rancher, in which case you need it. How are you right. going to drive cattle anywhere without a cowboy hat? You got to protect purposes. your neck, protect your face. Yeah, right. <laughs> I tried to be a vegetarian for for a while in my in my college and young years because um, socially justice activated, you know, inspired. And then I moved into a house, had a deck, bought a grill, and it was all over, you know. And what, what else are you gonna do on a grill but the grilled meat? So it's true. I mean, it's almost. They're pretty much designed for it. <laughs> I think uh, they, I've got this kettle grill that has uh, like a middle insert. Um, I think I've seen inserts for this grill that are meat shaped. Nice. You know, like it's, oh, that that's a pig to remind me what I'm eating. Thank you. Oh. Thank you. Oh, I have to God. In case I forgot where this all came from. Thank you. Uh. I, I, you know, I applaud. God bless you in your efforts because that is that's super important and we don't need enough plants. I don't think um, I like to subscribe to the eat real food, mostly plants and not too much. Like, just keep it simple. Um but I worked with a pastor who taught her son, you know, like where meat came from and what animals they would come from. She wanted him to be very, you know, uh, not surprised by anything, but, you know, just connected to the earth and like, we're here, here's what farms are and here's where food comes from. It's not just the store. And so he would ask questions at dinner time, like, uh, where did this where did this meat come from? And he'd be like, oh, it came from the chicken. And he'd say, thank you, God, for making chicken so delicious. <laughs> it's like, okay, good. This doesn't bother you at all. <laughs> Still moving forward. Like it. Good. Well, uh, wonderful. So I'm, I'm curious now. This will be the final uh, question of the day. Um, as I'm writing music for people, to sing both in church and on their own. Um, I have been involved in a lot of therapy in the last year. And so a lot of songs have started to feel and sound very therapeutic. Earlier this summer, I wrote a song for a middle school camp as the theme song, and it's called You Get Me. And I put it out online and uh, it's available to listen to, but it's the theme of, of the song is found from the Beatitudes, the Matthew 5 Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus says, blessed are, and he goes, through this long list of different groups of people experiencing different things and this idea that Jesus acknowledges, uh, you know, the reality of your life, like blessed are those who mourn uh, for they will be comforted. Like that is a way of saying, I see you, the thing you're feeling is real and you are blessed, even though you have not yet been comforted, the comfort is coming. Um, and so there's just a lot within that one sentence. And so I tried to write the song about like the different ways that Jesus gets us. Like Jesus tends to surprise us like, ah, you got me. Um, <laughs> Jesus gets us on a deeply personal level. Like there's nothing that we can hide. Like Jesus, you, you get it. Um, and then on the final turn of the chorus, it's uh, this idea that we are allowed to give ourselves to Jesus because Jesus is trustworthy. Jesus is safe. Um, you know, Jesus is, is respectful and is not coercive. Like, you you get you get me i'm telling you that you get me all of who i am um so i'm curious in 
trying to work with different faith organizations, is, are there any trends that you can see um, that folks might need to be singing about, um, you know, in the future, like things that people might want to connect with? Uh, you know, a few years ago, it felt like every other worship song was about chains being broken. Um, yes. And then a few years after that, it was a lot about, you know, spiritual homelessness and, and finding a home and being a, in a home kind of place. Um, so do you see any trends that coming up over the horizon or anything that's already sort of here that might need to be addressed in the different aspects of worship, both in music as well as liturgy, as well as uh, you know, church programming? Weird. I promise it'll circle back to it. But weirdly, this made me think of like virtual reality because uh, <laughs> we're talking with a bunch of different people about like community in VR. Like it's very it's not here it is here for some people, but overall it's not here, but what could it look like? What might it look like? And, and like that triggers a lot of fears for people, like anything digital ministry can trigger fears for people as far as, well, it might look different for, for us to gather if we do that. And like everything we've ever known might be different. And like, people are intentionally thinking about that as like a good thing, maybe like, this is going to, this needs to be different than what we've ever done before. What is it going to look like? And so I think as we've already seen that take place online, but we've, we, we're going to continue to see it as, you know, communities, unfortunately die off and, or become other things. Like maybe they're not gathering in the same way, but they're still forming those connections with people, just like affirming though the connect, the spiritual connections and, and how church may not look or feel or smell the way it used to, but like, where else can we still find church? Um, I, I see that just like, I see that coming up in fear in people. And, and so I just see that as something that could be touched upon in affirming the different ways church happened. Well, Michelle, are we wearing the same shirt? Church is not a building. Mine is backwards because I didn't flip my screen. Um, yeah. Like affirming how church can be, different ways rather than just this building you used to go drive to and sit in and of course that's been on our minds for a while now but it's going to continue to be so that would be my answer what comes to my mind is um a spirit of rest i think people are just so tired of the infighting the outfighting the, the controversy and you know just just let's just rest let's just find and then not rest and like be apathetic but just rest and just be you know and not just have to to argue and discuss and, and mediate you know jesus is this place for rest you know come to me all who, who are weary and you know find your rest that's what that's what he he's about and that's what i think a lot of us need from this you know, at the pace we go right now I know that that resonates with me right now for what I'm going through. And I think I kind of see that sort of a, of a trend forward. That is lovely. I do. I like that. And I, you know, that makes so much sense. Um, given the amount of change that's happened in a relatively short amount of time, uh, <laughs> I imagine a lot of people are experiencing some amount of, of spiritual whiplash. Um, but also just the the permission to rest, you know, like that things will be okay. And also <laughs> God has this, you know, you are 
you are permitted a Sabbath. Um, in fact, a Sabbath can be a way of, you know, defying the, the work, 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 go, go, go culture of the world. Um, this is wonderful. Thank y'all so much for this conversation. This has been so much fun. I've loved getting to know y'all. Uh, where can people find you online? Well, as Michelle said earlier, digivangelism.org is our website, but honestly, on almost all of the social media platforms, Digivangelism is our username. Uh, we have a new YouTube video every single week, and uh, we try to keep up with TikTok and Instagram, so we'd love to connect on either of those platforms, whether that's just to say hi or to talk about how we might be able to help with digital ministry. Awesome. I will put links to those uh, all those places in the show notes uh, for today's episode. So one of the things Wilmershire Music likes to do is give back to the community. So what is a charity that y'all would like to support? And I will make a donation. Well, thank you very much. Uh, how about the Trevor Project? The Trevor Oh, yeah. Project. That's great. I do. I like the Trevor Project as well. I have uh, we've had a few guests uh, support them. So I'm always happy to, to give. Cool. <laughs> thank um, you. And there will be a link to the Trevor Project as well in the show notes. Um, but thank y'all again so much, and I am so excited to see uh, you know more of y'all's videos online and and to keep in touch. And uh, maybe yeah. we can do this again in the future. Absolutely, and we'll try yeah. to put some of these thoughts out on TikTok and give you a tag. So look out for that. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks everyone for listening in. That's going to do it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. I know I did. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to uh, leave a rating on Apple Podcasts. Let me know what you're enjoying. Share this podcast with your friends, with your family, with your enemies, with your pets, with complete strangers, anyone who has ears and an internet connection. I think that we are having a lot of fun here. I think that we're talking about some really uplifting stuff. I know that uh, I'm having a lot of fun with it and it's bringing me a lot of joy. So I hope that this is bringing joy to others. So please share that, share that light, share that joy with others in your life holidays are coming up what better way to uh, celebrate halloween you know than by here's a piece of candy and here's a podcast recommendation uh here's a piece of candy here's some new music from your new favorite artist that you know you're just finding out about um thanksgiving's coming up you know put some mama sure on in the background over thanksgiving dinner why not? Could be fun. Uh, Christmas is coming up. I'm working on new merchandise. Uh, I'm hoping to get it ready to release. Uh, so the holidays are coming up. You're thinking of gifts. What do I get? Uh, the person who has everything. Uh, Wilmisher stuff. Be sure to follow me on uh, social media at Wilmisher Music on Instagram and Facebook at Wilmisher on TikTok and sign up for my email list. Uh, you're going to want to be up to date on what is going on in the world of Wilmisher when new music comes out, when a new podcast drops, uh, when new merchandise goes up. I'm working on a daily devotional that's just free for anyone who signs up to the email list. Just a devotional to make your day better. Um, in the meantime, folks... Y'all have a good one, and we will see you next time on the Wilmershire Music Podcast.